I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast for myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor, Dane Baptiste, my producer friend, Howard Cohen, a.k.a. The Hizzer. Hello. And a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked, and we are talking everything from... We are talking everything from... Tom from Newcastle's question, are you scared that the latest advances in AI are going to cause the human race to be wiped out in the future? Yes, is the answer, Tom. So uh, so Tom, uh, Howard's answer is yes. My answer is no, because uh, humans are doing a great job of wiping themselves out anyway. (laughs) So we don't need to rely on uh, AI. And, uh, you know, at some point we are going to get wiped out. So I'm just going with the flow, Tom. Fair enough. Well, Tom, hope that helps. And uh, suffice to say, on this podcast, we ask and answer all the questions, don't we, Dave? Every question is welcome on the show. No question is too big, too small, too smart, too dumb, nor too artificially generated. And if you do like the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from and you'll never miss an episode where you can hear our very special questions being asked and answered by our very special guests. With that being said, on today's show is an artist from South London, more specifically Clapham, who's explored deeper, more heartfelt side of rap and R&B, which is aimed at bringing more emotional intelligence to his beats with topics that aren't commonly discussed in the rap world's collective consciousness. He started out in the industry over a decade ago. He was signed to Idris Elba's label, Seven Wallace, for his 2020 debut album, The Worst Generation, which has got him critical acclaim and co-signs from the likes of Getz, Stormzy and Dave, to name a few. And he has also used his stasis to increase awareness about social injustice and to confront police brutality with his iconic track, My Block, which saw him become the face of Black Dreams Matter campaign. And his featured in Channel 4 series, The Whole Truth, which was about mental health, music and racism, doing good stuff one bar at a time. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Shaylingo. Yo, how you look? Good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, man. I'm well. Good, good. What do you think about AI, Shay? I mean, I'm not really, I'm not really too pressed. I think, I think you both have a point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Mine wasn't very, you know, I didn't. It didn't have to be because I think that's the, I think that's kind of the reaction of somebody who doesn't understand something enough. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then yours was just someone who seems to overstand something Mm. enough. Do you know what I mean? So I'm kind of in the middle. Like I used, I used AI to create the my radio video. Uh, which is a song on that album, this new album coming up for air that I've just dropped featuring Queen um, with Freddie Mercury's live vocal from uh, Radio Gaga, right. uh, sanctioned and sent to us by Roger Taylor, who's the drummer from wow. Queen who wrote the song. But we used AI um, in that way to create uh, or to recreate image images of her, completely brand new images of her that were referenced from real photos hmm. and real shots that had been taken way back in the day and more obviously more recent time as well and it's the first video to ever ever exist that has a 16 millimeter film um into ai in the same video wow so i kind of sit in the middle of you do you know what i mean literally it's good (laughs) man i mean it it shows you that like ai at the end of the day it's a creation and it's a tool and like with any creation or any tool is how you use it yeah it's the the intention whether it's whether whether it's fire or any kind of energy is how you harness it and how you use it and uh 
Yeah, that sounds pretty positive. I think yeah. good things about uh, AI as well. Um, yeah. That being I'm said, not gonna, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I think I think that there's a lot of um, speculation around what's going to happen in the future. But it was the same thing when we got iPhones mm. like, and it was touchscreen and everyone was like, nah, buttons, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was the same thing when we went from MySpace to SoundCloud and everyone was like, oh, this isn't going to catch on. And then mm. SoundCloud to Spotify, just speaking from a musical guy. Yeah, so yeah no, it makes sense. SoundCloud but to even, Spotify. Even using, even using non-acoustic instruments, people would have right. said something about that as well. Is that right? They ridiculed oh, yeah. the auto-tune thing. People yeah. ridiculed auto-tune, people ridiculed rap as well. Exactly, Didn't say it was exactly. Last. Graham, et cetera. Everything right. evolves, you get me? But it's, there's always going to be a section of people that will that need need that thing mm. which is why i guess it got created in the first place and then there's like a way there's always a wave of like oh did you know this new thing exists because people need things to write about and to talk about for yeah. the yeah. for the current climate of how we consume news people you know yeah I mean? people also need fear as well fear is a very good way of being able to control and manipulate mm. people's behavior so if you can remember when people were all scared of like uh, certain types of dog yeah like <laughs> pit bulls yeah maybe that was a thing for a long yeah, time as well yeah. people were scared of certain dogs people were scared and then Obviously, like even a knife. I mean, a knife, in a way, is also a tool. And it's really dependent yeah, on how yeah, it's wielded will determine whether it is dangerous. I used to be dangerous. a cop I used to use me too. knives to like <laughs> yeah. wood, you get me? Me too. 17th West. <laughs> well, we don't need AI to know that it's probably time for a question, isn't it, Dane, as the format of this show dictates? <laughs> Absolutely. Shay, as our very esteemed guest, we'd like to invite you to ask the first question, which can be any question you like, uh, um, which we'd like to discuss. Uh, and yeah. Howard would like to pose a question to you too to discuss for about 15 minutes or so and I may also have a question for you yeah. uh, for us all to discuss uh, so if that all makes sense then we welcome you to ask the first question I'm just going to go for it then what are we scared of? <laughs> like as a people in brackets <laughs> good question like, what are we scared of when it comes to like um, bonds understanding each other conversation communication both between people who are say family married um, mm. in relationships all the way down to and I say down respectively but all the way down to social media somebody responding to somebody else's comment who's across the world mm. in a positive or negative way like what turns those situations positive or negative is it the nature of the question is it the nature of the, the person reading the question or like or the comment or whatever the case may be um, or addressing the issue if it's in real life like what are we scared of when yeah. things go badly during it's during communication with, personal... human, with human interaction mm. 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 Is, it, is it is it interestingly personal and universal mm. yeah. question right I mean I'm scared of everything mm. so, you know, I'm a hypochondriac Jewish man mm. and so I have to play up to a stereotype of you know that has gone for many so I I mean spiders you know that would be like high up my list of things <laughs> that I'm genuinely still scared of. but on, on a deeper introspective level uh, I, I'm I, I'm always scared of uh, personally of, of being like misunderstood right that will always be like high up on my life. you know industry that you know I work in in television mm. it, it, it is a, a, to be understood and people just have clear clarity of what you're saying mm. because it's a creative industry mm. largely uh you know you, 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 it's not always easy to convey what you're trying to get across to people so i'm constantly desperately trying not to be misunderstood mm. which i think is a probably universal thing because jesus people definitely mis misunderstand each other on social media don't mm. i mean i guess yeah they, they do but then i um I, I guess that's down to the fact that it's very hard to articulate uh, an emotion or, I guess, a series of emotions 
with 140 characters or 280 characters. Mm. And I think that what while... What in person? Hmm? What about in person? In person, I think that... Uh, Howard just said that he has a stereotype to live up to and yeah. led with the idea of him being like a Jewish man. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? Um, and I feel like the question I wanted to ask you, sorry to cut mm. you, but the no, question no, I wanted to ask you based on that is... The f- that you've already showed me where the fear is. Then, mm. do you get me? You've already said like I have a, I have, I'm a, I'm a this, I'm a that, and I have something to live up to. Mm. But I have a fear, of, and then later on you said, but I have a fear of being misunderstood. But that says to me that you're not even giving mm. who you really are to that situation. Then, mm. man, uh, having your you got me. Having you got me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm very, very rarely speechless. But you, you, you're right. I mean. You know, the, the the real you, you know, is is a difficult thing to share. That is, you know, because because in, in, in particularly, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? In in, in relationships, you you mentioned, you know, your family. Yeah. You mentioned your friends. Yeah. You know, only thing for people. All the pillar bonds. Yeah. Of like, I think for people like like us, you mm. know, comedy, television, music, the creative worlds. Mm. I mean, our work. How consumed are you by your work, mate? Oh, completely, <laughs> completely. Being the but, same, right? It's but, just massive, massive. Mm, There's no clocking off. Mm, right? No, there isn't. So, so I think that has an incredible impact on your identity mm. in a way that you know. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being like, "Hey, I worked from nine till five, and at five, I go off home to my wife and kids. And I don't mm. think about my job that much." You know, that would that sounds quite nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that isn't our that isn't our identity. No. And that and that Dane, you know, I know we talked about this before, but like. The, 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 what that identity means and how much you give away of it all every every day, mm. it, it's hard to keep it up. Well, yeah, I, I think that uh, it's definitely something I've had to learn more recently is that the idea that you can leave your personality or leave who you are or what you do on your doorstep when you go home isn't a luxury that is afforded to people that uh, identify as or uh, aspire to be creatives. Mm. Um, because that's part of your being and you tap into that in order for you as your uh, fuel for your creations or the aesthetics that you're trying to create as well. Mm. Um, so by that token, I think for me, my greatest fear with human interaction is probably very similar to Howard's is that it's uh, being misunderstood. And I don't think it's because I, um, I'm apprehensive about showing dimensions to my being. I think it's more that... Um, Externally, I think there is an environment which doesn't really encourage people to lead with their true selves. Um, I think that a lot of the time people's uh, interactions or their narrative is uh, skewed by their ego, mm. is skewed by uh, social etiquette or pressures to up uh, to live up to social etiquette. And most of all, I think with most people, it's a uh, the main fear is the rejection of that from rejection of that self. I think most people, even if it comes to like romance or love, for example, mm. I think that most people are afraid that the truest part of themselves, which I guess what love is supposed to be, is mm. that you are presenting the best, what you perceive to be the best version of yourself. And for, how, for that to be rejected is one of the biggest, I think one of the biggest fears mm. that humanity faces. And I think that that is something that has been co-opted and has been uh, capitalized upon by people who are able to monetize people's loneliness and it has created a culture of individualism uh, which I think um, is definitely counterproductive because we are a social species Mm. but there's money invested in it so I think for myself I do try to definitely rebel against that and try and be my most honest self 
in spaces where I'm expressing myself artistically. Hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, the hardest part of that, or I guess the part that I am worried of and can make, and I, I do worry about, or does I do fear, is that, yeah, I'm not able to communicate that within the time or space or the visibility I think is needed in order to achieve what I want to achieve. Because mm. I think for me, it's like I, a lot of time when I try to do a lot more research into maybe my own sense of spirituality or consciousness mm. was about like holographic principle and trying to repeat trends that basically try to create the environment that I want to create within myself. Uh, by that being that like, I don't think I am a, a superior person because I'm a creative I think that I'm just trying to tap into a part of my humanity that I think benefits me the most. Mm. And I think that's beneficial to other people as well. Mm. Like, I don't think I'm the, just because I work creatively that makes better people. It's like, I want to be able to encourage other people to express their creativity in whatever way that is. Mm. So for example, if you're somebody, so we live in a society where we attach, uh, we create hierarchy based on occupation. So there are some people who might be like, I enjoy like being working in pest control and I enjoy finding mice, removing mice or bugs because I understand how this organism works. It's something that interests me, but we'll look down at that person and be like, that's not really a nice job to have. Mm. I want to work towards creating a culture whereby we celebrate that person's proficiency in that particular field. Mm -hmm. And by that token, we create a meritocratic society where we can empower people as much as possible to explore that proficiency and get better at it. Mm. Because I think that there is an interdependence between all human beings that uh, will be mutually beneficial if that person gets to be their best self in whatever they do, irrespective of what we regard as being very useful. Mm. Because that person, for me, you know, it's like someone who cleans toilets in a building is as important as a CEO. Mm. Because if you don't have a, a environment of sanitation, then nothing else kind of works. So I guess I want to be able for that person to look at what they do in the same way that I regard my art. And I sometimes worry that people feel like I'm on a soapbox rather than me trying to uh, uplift everybody. But okay. Jay, well, you asked the question. Let's throw it back at you, mate. Yeah. What, what, what are you scared of? Because um, if anyone's been following your story recently, obviously you revealed quite a lot about your yeah, yeah. personal battles yeah, uh, yeah. in your music and uh, the latest work, right? Yeah, which is why I posed the question because... I think sometimes we're scared to admit um, we're not as effective as we think we are, more so than it being a case of like, um, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to like uh, argue your point, that's, sure, that's like, your individual yeah. point in it, but I feel like, and even from what you said and explaining it to such an extent about individualism, um, I find that a lot of what you said is based on having to spend a lot of time with yourself and almost yeah. get in in and in and outside the other side of your ego. Mm. Do you get me? Not you specifically, but just but no, in that practice. Isn't a comic you have to spend a lot of time by yourself? Exactly. The idea, the idea with comedy, observational comedy, a lot of the time is that you say something and people go, "I thought I was the only person that thinking that in my head by myself." And that's exactly what it's like when I write. You mm. get what I'm saying? So you have to like go into your ego you have to like really be good friends with your ego mm. and to understand how to make it comfortable so that you can kill it do you know what I mean a little mm, bit absolutely. like yeah, yeah. so because it's it's a very fragile thing and it's very sensitive mm. even to you do you get oh, what I'm saying yeah, to the yeah. point where you can't even really control when and how it comes out sometimes and if you're not if you're not if you don't have a sense of individualism um, to some extent in the same way as if you don't have some sense of ego to some extent 
because obviously everything needs balance and it's healthy to have a little bit of everything mm -hmm. to understand what your whole is. You get me? Because you're not made of just one emotion. So rebranding that and trying to like figure out a way to funnel that into whatever creative outlet you, you have takes a higher sense of individualism because you have to look at the world and then be conscious of the fact that you are you in the world and what you say could affect somebody else's view of the world because mm. they see you as they see you as a higher sense of individualism mm. they respect your higher sense of individualism because you are already going against the grain as a creative based on like the historical idea that anything creative anything artistic is not a real job mm. do you get me and the fact that that still lives today for me is is the most scary thing <laughs> you get me because it's, it's a power like, it's a power you get, that you're wielding you know I think somewhere between somewhere between the world seeing the a certain a certain portion of the world still seeing creativity as um not a real way to make money um to me is a byproduct of social of a different social time mm. and a different and when the world needed different things you get me at one point we needed industry we needed um faculty we needed um uh, uh, machinery we needed tech we needed so many different things to to understand what convenience really was mm. in the western world do you get me um and then there's and and we thought and we thought we understood it and then we overstood it mm. which is why i said your answer is just as valid as yours because mm. in terms of the fear of what that could cause both ways you get me and i've i i think i'm in a position where I have to see the benefit in everything, but it's about that same individualism that um, might have cursed me if I wasn't a creative, or or um, or caused me to fold on myself if I'd if I'd lent into it too much. Mm -hmm. um, that same individualism is the one I'm using to kind of say, all right, cool. As much as this thing is now in front of me, do and I understand this thing now from a neutral space. Is this thing for my art? Because that's still yeah. mine, you get me? Yeah. That still belongs to me and that's still, that is still dictated and controlled by me. I'm not a control freak, but there, I have a responsibility to control a lot of things, yeah. do you get me? And within the responsibility, you, you, become, um, you become concise, yeah. you get me? Like, no, I don't want that to happen. But to somebody else who, uh, like you made a point earlier and you said... Um, that in the create the creative industry is largely creative. Mm. I don't think it is. Mm. Yeah. Because it definitely is definitely I don't think it is. Because even just from the sheer fact that as a creative, once you've established yourself as a creative, you might have you might have anywhere from five to twenty people working for you mm. at any at any one time on one piece of work. Mm. So as me as an artist, if I have if I have a label, a publisher, a manager, a tour manager a DJ, a band, an MD of that band. So mm. call that four people. A drummer who's the MD and then mm. keys, guitar, bass, yeah? Um, and then maybe horns and flute. That's already 12, 13 plus people. Mm. You get me? And then you might have two or three people doing PR for you. Mm. Then you might have somebody helping you produce your music. Then you might have people helping you write your music. All to I can, so I as an individual can get this vision off, but some of those people on the back end, label rah rah rah, mm. who push the papers, let's say respectfully, don't are not creative. Mm. Do you get me? 
So for every one of me, there might be five or six different people who are not creative, who are just there to help me get my vision off. Mm. But those people interact with each other and have a community within themselves. That is the industry. Yeah, you yeah. get me? What I'm part of is the creative community. Mm. So whenever I have to interact, and I say this to my manager a lot and to my label, like, if you're going to take my ideas, which is which they do, you get me, with grace, because you have to, and again, it's about picking those people and choosing those mm. moments. But the, then fear comes in, because it's like, the one you want to go with might not be the one that, that gears up the most money. Yeah. Do you get me? Which means you have to then you don't have a limit on how how long you can survive yeah. before you got you got to get it cracking again yeah. and make the work under pressure under duress because you got rent to pay. Do yeah. you get me? And then somebody anyone and all of those people are human beings as well. Even though they're not creative, mm. they still have experience and expertise in some way. But whether they want to or not, a lot of the time you're being put in a general sense anyway. You're being put. You're being um, judged by a template. Some somebody else done something, and we did it this way. So we're yeah, gonna do it yeah. this way again with you. It worked then, so we me? have to do it this way again. Right, right. Yeah. But I'm a whole different being, mm. and you haven't taken the time to get to know me enough to understand what parts of what parts of um, my my uh, personality are are good for the record, are good to shine on this record mm. that I'm putting out with you, or what parts of my um, what what negative parts you wanna you wanna kind of help me nurture into like you get me? There's mm. no development anymore in that because because everything has become so fast paced. Commercialized. You get me? Also, it's because it's for it's, you to slow that down. Yeah, you get me. Which is why I asked the question: What are we scared of? Because I think I think, but I think that's it. It's, it's a lack of that's that's the fear is that like it's the uh, artistic journey now mm. is uh, beholden to and underpinned so much by the uh, mechanics of industry. Right. That it can definitely limit the creative process. Right. But there's a pure sense to that, yeah, that is just about understanding that as much as, and not from a place of ego, but from a place of like, no one else is going to understand it the way I understand it. Mm. Do you get me? In the same way that I can't do Charlie's job out there. Mm. Do you get me? Or I can't do Saf's job here. I can't. You get mm. me? I can't do you lot's job. I, we all have to respect that idea of collaboration. Mm. But at the same time, if it's if it's my vision, I would I would like to know that I've I have to think about it diligently enough to, so that I have an answer. Yeah, yeah. To get me for everything that everybody has a question for. But I think the the, the fear uh, amongst all of us, you know, and not just us like mm. loads of people mm, 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 mm. is of the unpredictability. Yes, yes. Of it all. Yes. That's the bit I think that, that I definitely stumble upon. Mm, mm, you mm. know, I I you know, have sat in so many different creative situations and you are actually, you know, definitely in the creative zone on those things. You'll yeah. be inspired by something or something, you know, you're working with an artist and you're trying to help them realise an idea like like you were talking about yeah, with, yeah. Your, with your current work. And you know, there's moments in that where it's so exciting. You know, those moments where the juices like are flowing. Mm. And from that moment, right, <laughs> like you're like, oh, well, let's just do this now, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That's what you feel like in those yeah. moments. You're like, let's just do this now. From that moment to it actually being completed and delivered. Like, and and ma- major fucking pains in the asses yeah, along yeah, the way. Like yeah. for me, you know, like we talk about things in, in television where you're like, you know, oh, it's great, isn't it? We're in this great situation. And you'd be like, yeah, until it's on, until it's been broadcast and there's no way of it going wrong. Like, I would be like, I'm not going to celebrate. Like, yeah. I'll have moments of like, yeah, this is good. Like, I'm happy that, okay, one, we jumped a hurdle, right? Mm. But that unpredictability between the, on the projects and between the people involved in it 
is just that is a reason to be fearful, and it's actually no one's fault. No, it is a lot of, a it lot of the time, anyway. And I think sometimes I think, it is. I think that's yeah, why sometimes it is. <laughs> yeah, of course, because again, that's what I'm saying. Is which stem, which, is, which could argue stems from their fear as well. Exactly, yeah, that's my that's exactly yeah. my point. Their, their People, fear is their motivation is more about they are having to measure the their successes uh, quantitatively rather than qualitatively right like your measure of success will be like I'm able to realise an aesthetic or realise my creative vision mm. through the collaboration with all of these other different parties that all kind of work together with a faith interdependently that, yeah with a faith that the the people who are to consume this are like mm. me mm-hmm. do you get me whereas a lot of whereas I think the industry has found its way into an opinion mm. that we must find a way to new people at every single point mm-hmm. do you get me with every single piece of art you make you must find a way to new people yeah and if you aren't if you don't find a way to new people you are failing and everybody at the label or at the at the creative mm. place that's invested in your music or your art in whatever way are now on edge because we don't know how we're going to make our money back mm. but my understanding of anybody who's actually successful right now like deeply will be will die with some of their work you get me like mm-hmm. die making money off of their work mm-hmm. and their kids and their kids kids generational levels of wealth from the art that they've made they've only ever focused publicly anyway on deepening their relationship with their fan base so much that the fans go and find the rest of the fans mm-hmm. you get me like spread is a big thing like we have to go further out and further out and further out and further out no you have to go deeper Mm. and deeper because eventually I'm going to say or do something that's going to touch you so much and so and and cut you so deeply positively that or maybe not maybe negatively but not in a way that you will respond negative like oh mm. my god that that made me that brought up some trauma for me or that brought up something I need to address that brings you know up a I mean? really interesting element which I think adds to the unpredictability that we all experience working with anyone yeah is I think a fear that we will all have at times is how will people respond to my weaknesses? Right, right. And that, and that is such a problem. Yeah, right? it is. It is. But I think, but we also all are very conscious. Every adult in this room is very conscious of the idea. You've watched a piece of content and gone, yes. And that person is being so vulnerable. Like there is no point at which I've ever watched a piece of content about somebody's vulnerability mm. and thought forget it that's that's a dickhead thing or like you get me i've never ridiculed anybody for that but that might be because of who you are fair enough and i and i say that because some people respond negatively to when people have been vulnerable but i genuinely believe that's not because they typically perceive people as being inferior because of that i think it's like you said people showing their vulnerability resonates with people and activates or triggers them to have to consider their own vulnerability exactly that's and that makes them and having to have that confrontation when they've not willingly done it makes them afraid as well. Which answers my question. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Like, what are we really scared of? Mm. Because if you know... Scared of being scared, I think. Exactly. Because, <laughs> like I said, because when you think about fear, that's what fear... Fear normally is anticipatory fear. Mm. Like... Not, what's coming yeah what's coming it's not happened to you mm. it's what's coming mm. and like you said Howard it's unpredictability I don't know what's going to happen next that's what makes me afraid mm. and then when someone's like well if that person can be afraid then maybe I should be afraid too but the stuff that I'm normally afraid of I can normally hide it or I can self-medicate or right. I can use escapism to avoid it or in some cases people can project onto somebody and be like well who's afraid and I'm not afraid mm. so I think yeah uh, what did they, what's the saying the only thing we have to fear is fear, fear itself. itself yeah mm. and that's and that's that's kind of the point there's so many layers to it though because obviously your individual life path comes into play what parts of it like 
were you were you taught to be hyper masculine to hide your vulnerable points? Were you taught to be were you taught that masculinity is is toxic? Or were you taught that as a man anyway? You mm-hmm. get me? Were you taught that um you need to never let a man take advantage of you in any situation, which is now which is now compounded and and contrived itself into you being you being uh, overly assertive when it comes to situations you might want to you might want to be softer in mm-hmm. because of your mental habits now yeah. you get me in your emotional your emotional um, cycles that you've put yourself in or that you've been taught to have to protect yourself and it's always from a point of protection everything that we were taught by our by our elders and our, our pre- the previous generation where everything I was I could see in my environment and my generation was taught was about protection financial protection physical protection emotional protection from one another though mm-hmm. not from the companies that we are now putting the finger at and the billionaires and all these people we never taught ourselves we were taught to attach ourselves to those people via brands and via cars and via whatever the case may be but really when now people are quiet quitting from their jobs, mm-hmm. you get me, and mm. disconnecting themselves from from companies and all these different things, you get me, because the fears have changed. The yeah. the nature of understanding what we're really scared of has changed, and the individualism you spoke about before, I think, is actually more of a power than it is anything else. Because yeah, have that ego, but have it for the right things. You get oh, me. Yeah, yeah. Have it for the have it for your boss who's scared of their boss who's scared of their boss because they need to hit a quota that week and they're asking you for unrealistic targets. Yeah, and then, yeah exactly. And then you start passing on this chain of command where they know in the same position they can't do it. I find that it's funny because I actually had that experience and I think having that experience and seeing how that functions definitely helps me to get rid of any occupational fear. Finally, culminating in me walking, walking away from the office, right, and actually becoming the creative because when I realized it's like oh. You're breaking my balls, not because you feel you have power over me. Really, Somebody you are fueled by someone that's balls. making you scared. Exactly. Yeah. And so once you remove yourself from that chain, and I say to people all the time, like, it's very strange, like, how how effectively people can hang the threat of dismissal or disciplinaries over your head. Mm-hmm. But when you tell somebody you've quit, their power's gone. That's it. They're not even real. They might not even seem real to you anymore. Yeah, you're like, and that's what happened to me. We'll be back after this. 
but kept the team target the same. Mm. Which meant there's a lot of people that was in that team who still weren't hitting target either. Mm. And what happened instead was that they lumbered me with it like a beast of burden to hit the target so that everyone else could hit their target, <laughs> but I would miss my individual target. Mm. And it was working that out. And then I remember my line manager at the time, mm. he's watching this happen to me, mm. but he's trying to protect his own back as well. Of course. So what happened was, he knew my I shouldn't even been getting a disciplinary in the first place because I was hitting targets more than most people. Mm. But he's also trying to cover his own ass as well. So when I'm getting it, he ain't saying anything until mm. when his job came under threat. Then he started presenting the facts, right. and mm. the facts revealed that actually there was no reason why I should be under disciplinary. Right, right. But for me, it was like all of that stuff that was coming down. I was like, this can't be any way to live. Mm. But it was, but it was just when I said I quit. Even he was like, oh, you know, you can take it back, and you, you, nah. Because oh, once you say that, the power's gone. Right. And what happened, because obviously I had to give like a month's notice, innit? Yeah. But what happened was, in a few times where they tried to put me back in the office to have a discussion, I'd be like, that's not what happened. And they'd be like, well, we all think you'll find. I'll just, I'll just walk out of the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to lie or yeah. say something that's inaccurate, mm. I'll just leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, in terms and that of, speaks to the dynamic of the hierarchy yeah. um, in occupation that you were talking about earlier um, and how that leads on to the individualism via the way that companies market and how money is invested and what the industry the industry dichotomy versus the creative the creative one is you get me like mm-hmm. those two things are very separate to me yeah. somebody who works in an office and this is not to belittle that person you get me but somebody who works in an office does not understand the job of somebody who spends um spends time creating the things that you move in that you have to move and yeah. amplify from that office because if you if you're not hitting your target to bring it back to the creative and what it means to be a musician and I guess in 2023 if you're not hitting that target of getting those playlists or doing those things or whatever the case may be that directly affects the life of that artist mm-hmm. you get me they literally do not make money which means now they might have an issue paying rent versus their advance and how much it costs to create that piece of art or that project or that album mm. where they have to travel to to create it how they have to mitigate and limit themselves based on that and how they have to budget that out. They do all of that for the space of, I don't know, let's say on average, maybe eight months Mm. to a year. The first single might not come out the gate strong because you had a bad day in the office because your manager was pressing you Mm. and their manager and that, that manager was pressing them because the big single, because a scandal just came out about their priority artist and now they got to find ways to get it from... People aren't thinking like that. But to avoid all of that, it's not necessarily an I quit because you can't, as a creative, you can't really quit in it. You know yeah. what I mean? People do, benefit, but it's not, it's, not the, it's not the option most of the nah, time. Though. I think the benefit of being, being an artist and finding bravery through that fear is when you realise that no matter what happens, I'm doing it on my terms. And mm. to answer your question about what I fear is I fear dying, never having, ne- not feeling like I lived on my own terms. It's mm. not necessarily even about music specifically. Mm. It was when I found music, I found the freedom to live on my own terms. Mm. You get me? So it's like, I'm going to use music, the talent that I was given, the tool that God gave me as an engine to build, or sorry, as a tool to build an engine that allows me to live on my own terms, to wake up and not have to answer to anyone mm. ever again. And it's just about how hard I work or or where I place my work, how smart I work. 
that allows me to continue to do that year by year. And mm-hmm. obviously, eventually, you'll be able to extend this. At first, it started day by day. Do you get me? Because I was still working part-time. It's like, all right, cool. I got one day in the studio. I can keep yeah. this alive for a day. You get me? And then, but I don't know how to make money off the music. Then you educate yourself and you're like, okay, that's going to take a month. Mm-hmm. So then you start planning in in points of months because it takes a month. It takes four weeks minimum to like ingest a song into the ether. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In, in every possible way for it to be released for you to make money from it. So it's like, then you got to live by the months and then you might sign a deal and now you've got money for the year mm-hmm. and then you live by the year. Do you get me? Mm-hmm. And then that's where I'm at now. I'm living by the year because mm-hmm. I know that I can make a project First thing I did when I when that first happened to me was all right. How do I how do I solidify and and continue um, or cement the idea of being able to or not even the idea but the reality of being able to make music all the time because music is what will get me the money. Mm. Do you get me? Mm. Or make me enough money to do what I want to do with my life. Yeah, that's probably market. How do say I do it's that? The money to give you do, do what you want to do. Like, exactly. Because obviously nowadays, as I'm sure you're aware, like a lot of musicians do not find that they are actually remunerating from music itself. Right. Because I think I saw... It's uh, other things. It's like yeah, it's brand deals and I think all was, these other bits Crept and Conan, Crept was talking about like their record, their recoups and stuff like that didn't really pay them. Mm. Is that when they, that visibility mm. and obviously opportunities to interact with other people... Mm put them in position to do stuff like Creps and Cones and uh, Nala exactly. maybe because exactly. and they can make money that way but right. like I said it's, it's a freedom to be in their own terms and I, I think it's a really good point you brought up as well because like as a comedian sometimes mm. my fear has been living how I want may actually shut me off to some commercial opportunities mm. in that for example like obviously part of my work as a as a comedian and observational comedian there is a level of social commentary to that as there is with music as well of course, of course. I think sometimes comedy, particularly in the UK, is, is is in a position that music is it was in maybe twenty years ago, mm-hmm. where there are a lot of people that are gatekeepers that do not want a certain narrative out there. Mm. And I found that like I've actually had phone calls from people who've been like, "Are you okay? Or be careful, because some people are watching your Twitter and they're watching what you're saying, and that might close people off." And I think. There are probably a lot of people who are afraid that they, if their narrative doesn't conform to the standards, like you said, on the business side, that's going to shut off some commercial opportunities mm. for them. And I've always said, and this is like a message I want any comedians that are listening or aspiring comedians that are listening, is that one of the reasons why I can say what I say and obviously work towards living on my own terms is twofold is because, like I said, the fear of not being able to be myself over the expanse of my life is much worse than the fear of people who are taking things away from me that I might necessarily be aware of. Because mm-hmm. if I don't know something, how do I know I've lost it? That's it. That's not, that you're, you're, you're fearing things that aren't even, you're fearing the unknown unknowns. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that is, that is such a waste of energy, like, mm-hmm. and time and emotional capacity and, and just re- like inner yeah, resource. Create, you creativity. Know what I'm like, exactly. You're wasting create, that. You, you know conceptualizing I mean? things to be afraid of is wasting creative energy because you're thinking of things that might fuck you up. Might and, and, you up. And, and to add on it as well, for me as well, like the other reason why is because I feel like there's also the fear of the unknowns, but there's also knowns in that I feel like you said, you spoke about cutting deep and actually not trying to acquire a fan base retaining a fan base and growing with them and evolving and having the crests and troughs mm. and waxing and waning in the same way that your human spirit does anyway in the mm. same way their experiences do as well 100% and I say that to say this because I think there's a lot of people who think oh, you've got to be careful like you don't say certain things but one of the reasons why you, I feel like you should express yourself how you choose is because if people have already decided they're not going to accept you mm. they won't 
But then on the flip side, yeah, like the same, well, not the flip side, but same side of the coin, other half is like, you you like you literally start how you mean to go on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And in music, you can reinvent yourself a number of times. Like you can do different things. You can wear different things. You can, you can choose to say different things, but they all have to be sincere. That's, I think yeah. that's the issue yeah. is that the reason there's so much fear now for me that I observe in life yeah, is because there seems to be this lack of sincerity because everybody has so much access to knowledge. Mm. Do you get me? And with the access to the knowledge, you're not even, a lot of people don't even have the time because they're balanced. I'm not going to say they don't want to, but probably don't even have the time, benefit of the doubt to go and seek and actually do deeper research into the things that they are not actually like fully, they, the things that they don't fully care about. You're not mm. going to do deep research into those things, even if the books are open in front of you. You get me? But I think, especially when it comes, because music has become such a commodity now, mm. um, an expression has been, has also been like, um, uh, compartmentalized into this box where an agency can pull up and say, hey, do you want to be a musician? Ra 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 ra. Or do you need beats? Ra 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 ra. From when they can do the Uncle Sam on you mm. and say, do you need, or we need you to ra ra ra. From when that can happen, like it, it gets techy. You yes. have to know yourself after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get me? Because Definitely. then you're just hitting and hoping. And it's and it's about the only difference between somebody who is scared. You're, and you'll come and go and people won't even notice. Right. And, and you think, the and the thing is, again, when it comes back to the individualism and the ego, it, it gets, it's so fragile when you start, to, when that starts to get too inflated because you, you, um, you've subscribed to what, they told you an artist's successes. Oh, you need to make a drill tune because drill's popping right now. You need to make an Afrobeat tune because Afrobeat's popping right now. No, bro, just do what you like so that you can get fans that are like you so that when you grow and you change, they grow and change with you and you start narrating their life. How about you do that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Because without, and then that might not look like a million pound deal every time you sign a deal. But mean needs must in it. And yeah. living within and around your means can only help you grow. Do you get me? Because you'll only figure out, you'll deepen your relationship with your own situation. You I, get me? And, and you'll I, find a faith within that as well. Because and I think the process, I think, exactly. as well. Because yeah, you, of course. you'll be like, I've done this stuff historically. Right. And it says you did this that has allowed me to survive to this state. Right. And what Which that means, goes back to that templates thing I was yep. telling you about before. You get me? Like, you've th- those people at that company have done that thing for that, that many years or those individuals, that marketing head, that head of A&R, whatever. They've done those things respectively for those many years and that works for them. But any any A&R that I have proper respect or any person in music that doesn't actually make music, amplifies or works in music or creative fields that I proper respect has such a humility for like, so tell me what you need. What do you want? How do you see your fans? What do you, they ask mm. you questions about mm. what it is that you are trying to gain. And then they tell you where, they feel there's misconstruction between what you, you and what you've learned or mis- or places where you might miscommunicate yourself, mm. which was your fear. Yeah. You get me? It's like the environment doesn't ask enough questions because of the individualism. But then it's not just the creatives that are on social media. It's the people that work at the A&Rs. It's your friends in the street that, you mm. get me, your friends, your regular friends on normal days. Oh, you should just do a tune with my man and that will be it. <laughs> yeah. You're oh, like, bruv, do you know yeah, what goes into that? Do you know what I mean? See, comedy is so similar. It's like when you start being a stand-up because... What people's understanding of it on the outside and the inside is so different. Mm. And I think it's very similar with music as well, is that like people are just, people see so little of the process mm. that they only comment on the part of the process they feel. So people would be like, oh, you should go to the comedy store. 
oh, you know what you should do? Live at the Apollo. Right. And then people will see you. But should is a word that dresses up a sentence to go nowhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, it makes it look mad fancy. There's a lot of things that should happen, but they don't. Do you know what I mean? And that's mm. just life. But what are we going to do? Not what should we do? I tell you what I'm doing now. This is what I'm doing now. And this is where I'm I at. Think, I think the thing about this, yeah, there's, there's so many elements of this that, that apply to the, what we've talked about in the working world, but it's also so true for just the rest of your life. Yeah, right? like, 100%. But the... I like that line about should though because you know it's yeah. funny should yeah it's such, a, it's such a good important point because when someone says should it's almost like that is someone embarking on creativity and then just allowing it do you know what I mean because it's like <laughs> creating a concept or a hypothesis and yeah. be like maybe you sh- this should be this, like, so they, this should happen but then it's like oh well they dress it up with that should that they mm. put in the middle of that sentence yeah they dress that should up with everything that they understand they decorate that should with everything they understand about your situation mm-hmm. and then they use that to tell you what you should do and it's like i'm i didn't you put earrings in 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 the beard of that <laughs> of that should you get me mm. i put boots on the hands of that should we've done completely we're in completely different places like with the way that we understand this situation yeah. but the thing is i'm the one actually going through it but i do you I, know what I mean i think that yeah, there's this phrase that comes up in my life all the time. My family, wife, work all the time. Mm. Just half of everything is doing it. Like you, exactly. you know, you can have all the talent in the world. You can have all the connections, whatever. Yep. But if you don't actually do the work, it's not. It's all. It's all over. And zero it's just zero about, to one is the biggest standard deviation that exists in uh, existence. Full mm. stop. Yeah. Full stop. Full stop. And I think I think with that zero to one. It's just about how much you've, how much knowledge and things you've done before you started. You get me? So like, mm. how much did you learn about how to make money from music before you started making money from music? Because that will literally dictate what deals you sign, which could literally, which could literally, um, for for help you foresee what situations you might find yourself in and how they might affect you. Oh, damn, that's how my man got into that situation. That's why my man got depressed because, and I remember my brethren was, because everybody's got a brethren who makes music who can sign a deal. Mm-hmm. You get me? So, oh, that's why my man went off the map. Oh, was he quiet because he signed a deal and he wasn't really, it wasn't really going the way he wanted it to. He was doing better when he was independent and then he signed it and then I seen his music change a little bit. They must have told him a thing and he didn't have the knowledge, but hmm. man learned that. So I can't do that. You get me? Observation is also important. As, but channeling that into yourself, for figuring out what your, your um, what you need to take from that and then repurposing that and then giving it back to the world through your vision is what I really think being creative is about. You mm. get me? Like you are, art imitates life, life imitates art, whatever the case may be. But what you should do is only speak, the only thing you should do is speak your truth because you can never be wrong. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? But like, the, only, the only thing is about being creative. But that's the only thing I, everyone's scared to do is just say say the truth. You yeah. get me? I think the other thing that gets, you know, being creative, you get scared of is, is what's next. Yeah. And, <laughs> that's the and, thing. You know, if you do certain types of job, you definitely know what's next. Right. The same thing we did today. Right. Right. <laughs> right? right. But creative, you're, you know, you might something might have worked. Okay, what's, even, ne- what's the next thing that's going to work? And even then, like COVID hit, and yeah, so many people lost their jobs and died. Do you know what I mean? And lost their lives. Like, even when you think you know what's next, like even when you think exactly. you know, like some some there's always a bigger thing at play. Like, we're talking about the nine to five and like that giving people stability so they don't have to it, it entertain the unknown. Mm. We know now because we spoke about AI before as well that we are approaching a point whereby 
people, so many jobs are becoming obsolete now. Mm. And for a long time, people who are not necessarily creatives attach their identity to their work. Like, I've got to go to work because i got um, some of these jobs, mm. not for any fault of that person, are not going to exist anymore. Mm. People work in call centres, for example. People work in reception. They already make an AI that can do that for you. Right. There's AI that can call and book hair appointments. You've got AI that talk to you. you, you Tell us what your problem is in one sentence and it will direct you mm. in a call center to like a switchboard, like a switchboard. Before switchboards used to be whole warehouses full yeah, of people yeah, that yeah. were just doing this stuff. That doesn't exist anymore, which means human beings are going to have to learn to find something else other than their occupation to, well, for lack of a better expression, give their life meaning. Right. Which I think is what is where I was going to go with this when when um, when you when you wrap that point, because respectfully, because I was so excited about saying there's so much opportunity now. Mm-hmm. You get me? Like there, there is the side of like, oh, AI is taking the jobs, but he said the same thing about self-checkout. Do you get what I'm saying? Like when self-checkout <laughs> came, it goes, oh, like we're not going to have people in the shops anymore and personability is not going to be a thing. Bro, it's London. Personability was never a thing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Full stop. You get me? Like this place is grey. So a lot of the time people are working in a fast-paced environment. The capitalism is capitalising. Do you get me? Like it's, mm. it's doing what it does. And nobody's smiling at each other on the train. All you got to do is go 30 minutes out of the city and it's a completely mm. different culture of mm. people. Do you get me? And you might never leave the city to go to those places because you're so because here is hyper-stimulation, which is great because it, it, can, it can literally make or break your life. But if you don't have those foundational pillars of like, what am I good at? How early am I? How early can I break the fear and the ridicule of failing? So that I can start doing that thing, and and um and not be as not be and be brave and 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 um excited about mm. the unknown, and then what what do I need to learn or what experiences have I learned once I've done the first two parts that are going to stop me from being taken advantage of when it comes to the business of the thing that I love? Do you get me? Yeah. Because those are the three pillars that even had to bring that even brought me here and. I learned early on, luckily, I learned early on that the risk is proof and I made that my label. When I release music independently, it's under trip. Mm-hmm. The risk is proof. Because if you don't take any risks in your life, you can't you can't really expect anything anything to feel like a win. You get me? You might get from A to B and that's that's like that's a competent mm. step. Mm. You can take steps. You get me? But to go upstairs, to like actually take steps and be going upstairs is different from taking steps like laterally and be going to your destination, which is why people say like, it's about the journey. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? Just about what direction your journey takes and how and, and what parts you're brave enough to try and control what things you say no to. And some people don't take control until they're, until they're 40. Until they're until they're 35, 40, 50. Some people don't take control or feel like they have control mm. until they retire. Because again, back to the original like my original, original point is that previous generations, based on the way that society has moved and grown and, and evolved and shaped and adapted in different ways, previous generations have have these traditions and things in place that have um kind of created these these things that get said about different types of ways to to exist in life. So creativity is not a real job. Doing art, Mm -hmm. making content, rah, 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 is not a real job. But some people get paid what you, you you go to work every day 
and this is not a comparison, it's more just like a, a realization of perspective. You go to work every day and answer to that guy, you get me, or that woman, or that they, them, who, whoever, that doesn't like the way they live their life mm. already, hasn't found what they love, but has made it to a higher position in that work than you. That's your superior. And that's the person that's getting pressed by the CEO or whoever to hit the targets or whatever. You do that every single day to make, I don't know, 55 grand a year. If I if I work for one year at, at something now, on not even on average, but if you are making content every day for a year, you might not make 55 grand that first year but you'll make more, you can potentially, if you do it right and you are being, and your content is real and organic and you find, and you pay attention and you study it the same way they would expect you to study for the qualification for the job. Yeah, It's just, it's just how you apply your time. You get me? The following year, you could sign one deal that will get you that 55K in day one of that year. You get me? Mm-hmm. Like there are some deals that I've seen my friends sign that I've covered them Certain men are at the third stage of their job, like have been at the job for 10 years now and have got their raise and whatever. And this isn't to belittle them because hopefully they love what they do. You get mm. me? And they've got skills in it and whatever. But yeah, So that nonsense create, of people saying, get, get a proper job, right? right? Get a proper but, job. But I can still make the money you make now in this current climate. Yeah. It's just about how I apply my time. Mm. And that was that's one thing I'll give to my parents. It was never like, don't do that. Do you get me? Or, or it's, it was, that's going to be hard, you know? Just so you know, that's going to be difficult. Mm. So if you do want to do that, cool. What's the plan though? Because you also have responsibilities in real life. Do you get me? And that's not a real thing yet. So I will say real life versus what you do because what you do right now is a hobby. When you turn that into a job, that's when that's when we can start talking about ways to move differently. Because you're gonna get scared of the hard work. Exactly. People being scared, and it's not even scared. It's not even about being scared of it. Like it's like. It's, it's great to know. It's like, I, I just like to know what I'm walking into. In the same way you said you're scared of the unknown. Me too. Do you get me? So some, for some things. But obviously working in music and working in create, being creative, so many things get shut down. You get so many no's and so many untoward madnesses happen that you're just like, do you know what? There's enough, like, it will happen when it happens. Yeah. Let me just keep working. Virgil Abloh said you're supposed to have six projects at any one time mm. because some are going to fall through. Some are going to start and then fall through halfway. And maybe one's going to make it through. And if more than one makes it through, you're active. Tell you get what I'm saying? Tell me about it. <laughs> right. So, so, you know so many, so much, so many ideas. I, if you uh, don't love it, you're not going to get six ideas off yeah. that, are, that are credible and real enough. You know what I'm saying? What do you think of the idea in terms of fear? Because one of my additional fears, I say, is that all of those things you're speaking about, I've mm. kind of experienced mm. in terms of like, I've had uh, six projects all been dropped for a long time. Nothing happens for like three years. Mm. Then something might happen. Even when it does happen and it goes well, then someone might decide they don't want to proceed further with it, even though it's, you know, tick the box in terms of like getting critical acclaim. It's done numbers in terms of ratings. Mm. Still not gone ahead. Um, so how would you address the fear? Like, cause sometimes I think in terms of like the ego thing, mm. am I deluded about my own ability? Because when I do stuff, it works. No. But there's powers outside of my control that, maybe gatekeep or stop it from getting to a certain way. Mm. So then sometimes I think, and it's not that I normally think, oh, you're deluded, but it's like, you think, am I overestimating my ability? Like, is that a fear you've experienced and how do you address that? I think, so to answer that, how you address that, you you go back into yourself Mm. and you say, 
I was overestimating how much people actually care. They don't care as much as you want them to. That's that's what you're really saying to me. That's what I'm taking from it anyway. So mm. they don't. They just don't care as much as you want them to. Because if they did, they would invest the money. They would come back to you. They would under. The people who care are the people who who consume it, not the people yeah. that invest in it. Mm-hmm. You get me. Yeah. And those are the people that I, in my experience, those are the people I st- I do my best to stay focusing on. Do you get me? Because if I'm not focusing on the people who are consuming it and how it's helping them, I can't better serve them with the gift that I've been given. Yeah. You get me? And if I can't, and, and and regardless of whatever milestones you want to hit, whatever people you want to see your work or to give you the opportunities, justified or otherwise, six projects, eight, ten, one that could change the entire world, the only thing that they're going to listen to is numbers. It's just about whether those numbers are integral. Because I know if I if I if I have a thousand fans, and I've and I've seen those thousand fans over five thousand shows, I've looked in and I and I've got them all in one place on a Discord or on my Instagram or whatever. And I know that when I drop a song, five thousand people are gonna pre-save it. Mm. I know what I can, and, and then, I, then I do the research and I figure out how much money that turns into when it comes to merch, when it comes to record sales, when it comes to add-ons like deluxe versions of the album, vinyls, all of that. If I social media presence, all of that. If I know, if I figure out how to quantify that stuff, which AI could probably help me do, mm. you get me? <laughs> um, then I know what I'm, then I can walk into a label with my head high. Mm. Do you get me? I can walk into a publisher with my head high and I can say, I can't take that. Why? Because these are my numbers and this is what we've done previously mm. and this is what it is. So if you're looking to amplify that and you're looking to you're looking to own a piece of that, then this is what you need to be able to provide and I can do that by just proving it with the numbers. That's the thing that that those people react to rather than the idea of look how many people I'm affecting and what they said subjective. You get me? Mm. I think there is a balance between what is real harsh reality and what is and what is actually like your understanding of your situation and sometimes it is an overestimation but not because you're not good enough or because because of any it might just be the way the work was applied at that time mm-hmm. you get me you know how you have in example or analogy you know how you have people that will post the same reel over and over again on instagram or on tiktok and they might have five of the same reel but one of them's got a million views and the other ones have got 400 each mm. it's because just because of that one moment in time that you posted it yeah. And but and then it's like, how do I capture that moment? You can't. You just have to have faith that keeping on keeping on will eventually get you more of them. Yeah. That, it it has been another episode, Dane, where we have not got past the first question. And that is a good thing. <laughs> it's a very good thing. That is a good thing. It means there was plenty in it and uh I hope the listeners have um have taken as much as we have from it, eh, Dane? Um I mean I can't imagine why they wouldn't. Uh, I think that it's... Uh, maybe they're scared. Yeah, maybe. But um, I think if if you are scared, definitely uh, take a look and uh, observe that. Uh, observe that. Uh, and yeah, I'd say, yeah, immerse yourself in that fear and mm. you never know what happens when you come yeah, out on the other side. You'll find some yeah. answers in there. Yeah. Yeah. Shay, thank you for coming on the show. I no, hope you've enjoyed it. Me, I wish we could have talked a, longer. Oh, that's the thing. We always say, yeah, yeah. come back. Come back and yeah. we'll do it always again. Welcome. Yeah, man, we'll, we'll talk about We'll do a different question. Um... In the meantime, please tell our listeners and viewers that they can find out about your good works, past, present and future. Thank you. Um, yeah, my name is Shay Lingo, C-H-E space L-I-N-G-O. You can find me on social media. 
at C-H-E underscore L-I-N-G-O. I'm currently on tour. Um, we're doing Europe. Uh, you can go on any of my social media links and find all the dates. Um, we play London on the 23rd of April at Lafayette and King's Cross. So please grab your tickets. I have a new album out right now. It's about my depression, my anxiety, the the, the spaces I traversed through that. Um, we didn't talk about it much on air, but I also suffered from an eating disorder recently as well that I'm still working on. Um, but I'm in a much better place now and I'm in a much more healthy place than any things that have happened I'm dealing with. All of that is on the album. It's called Coming Up For Air and it's out now. So please go check that out too. Nice. Sounds good. And uh, yeah, shall you definitely come back so we can get into more discussion? For sure, bro. Peace. For sure. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste and myself, Howard Cohen. For more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DaneSnapTiste and at the Howard Cohen. You can now support us on Patreon. Just search DBQE Podcast and unlock ad-free content and you can watch the full-length video of the podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram at DBQE Podcast and we could feature you in our next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Insanity Group. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.